Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 46 of Season 4 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan rom-com When Harry Met Sally, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Heather Baxendale of Word of Hellmouth Podcast. Welcome back to the show, Heather. Yippee-ki-yay! Oh, that's wrong. No, wrong Hello. one, wrong one. But you, you can still say you can still say you pick a That's fine. You, that we're gonna still we're, fun. we're we're gonna continue to be yippee So that's fine. This this season it's not, but next season will. So we'll, we'll be back to that. So don't worry about that. So I first want to state for anyone who's who's listening, anyone who's also following where we are in the movie and what's going on. So I just want to have a little bit of a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode, and uh, actually most of this week that some of the discussions and the content of what we're going to be talking about here are definitely of an adult nature. Some things might be beeped. Some things probably won't be beeped. So if you have a sensitive ear to listening to adult conversations about sex and about orgasms and things like that, you, you, I, I don't want to say you shouldn't tune in. I, we want you to listen. But if you really are sensitive, so just you can listen to part of this show. And then skip ahead till Wednesday's show towards the end. Then uh, you can just move along from there. It's just a, a th- three episodes of this week will probably have some, I guess you can say, sensitive adult content because of what we have to discuss because of what's going on during during the, the movie. But because Heather and I are both adults and hopefully most people who are listening to this are adults. You know, it's a, it's all part of an adult conversation about talking about a movie about relationships. So thank you for agreeing to join me, Heather, on this uh, momentous week, I guess you can say, of Harry Met Sally. Because, you know, this is the scene that we're going to be talking this week about the scene that everybody always talks about when you hear about the movie When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. There's nothing like Texas <laughs> Deli in When Harry Met Sally. I still haven't had a sandwich that good my entire life. that's true one day i'm telling you i'll find the perfect sandwich good luck luck. maybe 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 you actually need to go to to, you know to katz's deli maybe you'll be able to to get something there i don't know i hope i'll have to order everything on the side and and be very picky about it which always makes me nervous well we'll we'll get there we'll get there in a second when we we can because we can talk about what sally is eating there also uh, but uh, so episode 46 begins with Sally continuing to play with her food and ends with Sally f- seemingly appalled. Last week on Friday, you know, when, when I had my, my guest Jess on, so we were talking, you know, about the, the first part of uh, the this movie that, that has this scene in the deli. And one of the things that we pointed out that was really strange was, and I don't know if you've noticed this, Heather, or if any of our listeners have actually noticed this beforehand, but and because I never noticed it until uh, last week when I was doing my research for 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 the, those episodes, you know that Sally is she open while she's talking she opens up her her deli sandwich, you know it takes the top piece of bread off and we see her take five pieces of uh, I guess it looks like turkey roll uh, off of her sandwich, okay and today she continues with that we see her take at least another yes. three pieces of meat out of the sandwich. Okay, so apparently, you know, she's she's a very picky eater. We know that from what we've seen in previous uh, parts of the movie, and we'll see it later on also. But she's in in this particular place. She's not even picky enough to say something to the waiter. She's just willing to to take it as it is and then deal with it herself. You know, I, I'm the type of person 
who when I go to a deli, I want to have more meat on my sandwich than less. You know, and she, I, I, if she's already taken eight pieces of meat off of the, you know, this sandwich, you know, she has a very lean sandwich as opposed to, you know, the, the, the eight plus piece. I mean, maybe, maybe she just doesn't want any meat. I don't know. Oh, well. Well, well, if she didn't, she would definitely say that. Because one of the things I do appreciate about Sally is Sally does know what she likes. And she's very specific about it. And she has no problem asking for the things she wants. Now, as someone who's worked in the restaurant industry for, you know, 10 years or so, <laughs> she was the worst possible person ever to wait on. But I, I kind of have to agree with her with the, the meat choice here, too. I like a lot of meat if I'm eating a wrap. But if I'm just eating a sandwich... And a deli sandwich like that, they're delicious. They're fantastic. But, yeah, I, I, I don't need all of the meat. I can't taste all the extra goodies on it then. I can't taste my pickles and my cheese and whatever kind of dressing the sandwich well, it doesn't, has. It, doesn't, it actually looks like she has nothing on, on no, that sandwich. No, it looks naked. It's, it's it a dry – it's definitely a very dry sandwich, you know, because she has what, what looks like either potato salad or coleslaw, you know, that the waiter brought brought them, and that's it. You know, and the fact and that she's able – we need to know what she's eating so we can have the same experience she does. Right. So this well, is actually many people very have tried hard. and might not have, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I had to go there. I had to go yeah, no, it. that's fine. That's perfect. You're, you're right. But but again, the, the whole idea is, is, I mean, the reason that I believe that it is a completely dry sandwich is because, you know, she's easily just picking off those pieces of meat. With yeah, her you hand. can see the bread, too. You can see you it know. with the bread that it's it's just... It, there's there's no dressing, there's no kind of anything. There's no ketchup, like there's no mustard, meat, there's, there's nothing. Yeah, no mayo, nothing. No, nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah. And, she and she's just, just taking it and tossing just, it. And I don't even know what she does with it. She's like, you know, I was I was thinking when I was watching Friday's episode, I was thinking that maybe she's like making two sandwiches out of it or something like that. But she's not. She's just, you know, because she puts the bread back on the sandwich. She's also at this point starting to get agitated with Harry. And if anything else, it might just be a anxious tick, if anything. She already is is very picky about her food and, and everything in general. She likes things the way she likes them. Everything is neat and organized. So she's starting to get a little bit perturbed with where the conversation's going. So I, I feel like part of it, and maybe it was just Meg Ryan you know, doing her own thing in the moment too. But maybe part of it too is a kind of a physical exploration of her anxiety and agitation with Harry's presumption. Okay. That, that, that's possible. So, okay. We'll get into the dialogue a little bit. We'll, we'll do it bit by bit. We'll, we won't do it line by line, but, but, you know, we'll do section by section because that probably works the best way here. So, I mean, on Friday she started saying, I'm so glad I never got involved with you. I just want to, I, I just would have ended up being some, some lady you had to get out of bed and leave at three in the morning and go clean your andirons. And you don't even have a fireplace. <laughs> and, and she goes, not that I would know this. Up until now, I had no idea what an andiron is. You know, I, I didn't even, I, I didn't even think of even looking it up every single other time that I've seen this movie. And I've seen this movie dozens of times, you know, it just, it was, it was just a throwaway line, you know. Which, which is funny to say, you know, that you're going to go clean your andirons at three o'clock in the morning. You know, that that's and then when I found out what an andiron was, it was even more surprising to me. So an andiron is a also known as a fire dog. And it is a bracket support normally found in pairs 
on which logs are laid for burning in an open fireplace. So the air may circulate under the firewood, allowing better burning and less smoke. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I know okay. Exactly it also it stops, it stops the logs from rolling out into the room, which uh, is pretty important. You know, it's the, 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 the metal pieces that you have in the bottom of the, of a fireplace that you can put the logs yeah. in. I, I yeah. never knew that they were called andirons. You know. Or why you would go <laughs> clean them after sex. At three o'clock <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. well that makes it quite funny <laughs> yes exactly you know it's like uh, no because like why would she even throw this out you know that that you know that you can go clean your and irons you know forget about if it's after sex or or any other time you know like why would that even would come into someone's them? mind no you probably do need to clean them that's 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 not a question here. You know, most things in a person's house need to be cleaned at some point, at, at yes. certain intervals, whatever it is. You know, I don't know how often one needs to clean their their end irons. That I wasn't able to. That I didn't look up because it just I didn't care. You know, but but for her to just you know for that to come up in the normal conversation was just very strange to me. And you also, know, yeah, because yeah. he's talking about squash and he's talking about getting a haircut and he's talking about having an early meeting or whatever it is. You know, and she just throws out end irons and. You know, knowing now what an andiron is, it's even it's even funnier than before when I didn't I know what, so. what she was talking about. It's it's very Sally though. It is. She she's yes. she's kind of an odd duck, and that's one of the things that I appreciate about her. <laughs> but you're that's right, true. it does make it more funny because it's even stranger. <laughs> yeah, because like where does that come from? You know, because she also says because you don't even have a fireplace. Maybe maybe Sally has a fireplace. I don't know if we ever see her sitting in front of a fireplace in her apartment. Uh, probably not. You know, no. I, I, my assumption is, is that most people in New York City in, you know, in rented apartments or even in bought apartments that are not a penthouse are probably not going to have a fireplace. You know? No, no. And this is this is still in their younger life, too, part of the story. So they're right. not older and more wealthy and established at this point either so right well they yeah. might be we never know i mean they're in their they're in their mid 30s they're you know she's she's approximately 30 31 and he's like point, 30 yeah. yeah he's like 35 36 there's so, the the script establishes that there's a five five year difference between them you know when when they were leaving the university of chicago she finished her ba and he was finishing his right. master's that's right uh, or he was actually he was finishing his law degree not even his master's Right. What do you know about fireplaces? Um, a good deal. I, I enjoyed fire. Um, my dad had one when I lived with him for a few years. Um, make fires all the time. But ours was one of those wood burning ones, so it was very different too. It wasn't be. It wasn't exactly the. We did not have one of the 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 things that need to be cleaned and such. So and iron. Yeah, and iron. And iron. <laughs> didn't have an and iron. I lived in one place uh, when I lived in Detroit, too, where we had a regular fireplace. But I was, like, 19 years old, and I don't think that we practiced very good fire safety at that time, either. Uh -huh. Probably not. I did. I actually did um, cook a few grilled cheese sandwiches on the fireplace because we didn't have a stove for, like, a month. Oh, wow. That's yeah. very interesting. <laughs> in college, living in Detroit. It was fun. It's it's kind of a happy memory now. It was a little funny at the time. I guess so. That, that makes sense. I mean, when... When I was when when I was growing up as a teenager, we did not have actually one second in when I was living in Southfield in also in the suburbs of Detroit, we actually had a fireplace, but we never used it. It was like really? a crazy thing. 
when I was living in New Jersey, I do have memories that we used the fireplace there. Um, and then when I was when I was 13, we moved to a different house in Detroit, in the Detroit area. Um, and that one did not have a fireplace. I guess my parents figured that, you know, why do we need to go buy a place with a fireplace since we don't use it? So. No. <laughs> well, I, a lot of people don't don't use theirs. My my dad and my my family, we're just a bunch of firebugs. No matter where we go, we like to make fires. It's, it's just a thing for us. So. So I get it. But I also get why other people probably want it. It's right. it's a lot of upkeep. And you have to watch it, take care of it. You have to pay attention to it. You have to continually feed it. There's there's a certain art to it. There there is. I prefer right. the outdoor ones myself. But but yeah, I'd I'd like to have a house with with. I've never actually, other than my own place, I've never had my own place with a fireplace before. But it would mm-hmm. be nice. Right. Okay. That's fair. So it's it, a fireplace is a structure that is made of either brick, stone, or metal that is designed to contain fire. They're used for generally for a relaxing ambiance or for heating the room. Most modern fireplaces are, are have different types of heat efficiency, uh, depending on how it's designed and things like that. Um, historically, they were used for heating the, the house, uh, for cooking, or for heating water that was needed for uh, you know laundry or other uses in the house. That was needed. There's usually a fire pit or a firebox, you know, where you actually have the fire. There's a chimney, and they have some sort of flue, uh, a chimney or a flue that would uh, help the exhaust gas to escape, you know, from from the from above, you know, because heat rises, you know, as they as they would say. What's very funny is that the EPA has a whole bunch of campaigns about the risks of fireplaces and they say smoke may smell good but it's not good for you (laughs) (laughs) oh that's true though (laughs) yeah a lot a lot of places now have electric fireplaces yeah my dad just moved uh to novi i say these things specifically because i i know that you you know, I know where Novi is. <laughs> you know Southeastern Michigan. He's just moved. Uh, he retired this year, um, and he just moved to Novi. And his new house it has one of the the electric fireplaces. And I'm like, what are you going to do? <laughs> You're gonna lose your mind if you can't make a fire every day. Uh, and then <laughs> and then the ho- and the house is on a golf course too. So it's, it's on a golf course. A, yeah, it's one of those houses that are on golf courses. There's literally like I think it's the eighth or ninth hole is his backyard. So he can't even put a fire pit outside in the backyard. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, he should have thought about these yeah. things before buying it. You know, He absolutely should have. But that is why he's probably he spends a lot of his time in Gladwin, which is further up north, where he has a house on the, the lake. And he's enjoying that actually right now. Mm, where okay. he's, probably, he's probably making a fire as we speak. Well, because he's probably freezing his butt off up there. Yeah, so yeah. oh, it's cold. There's there's lots of snow up there right now. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, one of the things that, that I mean, I'm sure your father also has to worry about, uh, you know, all these golf balls uh, hitting his house. How how do you how can you have a house I, on the golf course? That's what I've a, always wondered, but he says it's not too bad. And they ask me. I haven't played in years. I used to play pretty regularly. I'm not going to pretend like I was good, but I was to a point where I wasn't embarrassing. I didn't Billy Madison it, or excuse me, Happy Gilmore it. Okay. But, but I, uh, they asked me uh, over the summer while we, we visited if I wanted to go do nine, and I kind of did, but I'm like, I'm not going to hit a golf ball here. I'm going to hit somebody's house. It's going to happen. And they're like, no, it'll be fine. We get some in our yard all the time. They've had a few on their porch. 
I guess one of the guys that lived behind him had a window broken once. I, I, it's, it's bananas. I, you bananas. probably can't get insurance. I don't think an insurance company would say, well, we're willing to insure, you know, <laughs> a house that's on a golf course. Yeah, because that's a risk that you've chosen to take. And I know that there's association with within the community that they live in, but I don't I don't remember how, how it all worked out. But yeah, it doesn't happen that often, according to him. So I'm, I'm very surprised by that. But I won't right. I won't play on that course unless I have a lot of practice before. Well, just, and even then, keep, I don't trust myself. Wait, because on every hole, there's there's another person's house. Yes, it goes through the entire neighborhood. That's it's. That's just it's amazing. Really, That's like it's really it's cool. Don't out, get me wrong. But... It looks neat. It looks neat. It's kind of nice. They have like little waterways and bridges that goes through everything. But we were we were having um, lunch there at the end of summer, and we're sitting on the porch and we're watching people go by. My youngest son is sitting there yelling at everybody, telling them good job and stuff, which would have totally screwed me up. But. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, and I, I'm sitting there going, dude, you need to duck. It might hit you in the head and it'll hurt. Nope, nope, nope. They just kept going and kept going. And there was, there was several people that wandered, wandered through and went through during our lunch out on the back porch. Absolutely bananas. I don't, I don't know. I've always wondered that though, because I've seen many houses on, or, you know, many, especially in, in Canton area and Northville, there's tons and tons of subdivisions that are built on golf courses. Wow. It's Wait, they're built on the golf course? That was the idea that there was a golf course there and then they decided to build houses? They build, no, they build the golf course within the community. The whole within. thing is all connected. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's all together. The idea is that they're. You can roll out of bed and go, go, go do the back nine, you know? Yeah, just... yeah. Which I like that aspect of it, but not for my backyard. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's bizarre. Did you but pro- it's such you a probably, very you, you probably constantly hear people screaming for. Four, four. That's me. That's me. <laughs> you know what? I'm not playing. I stick my head out the window and yell at people. I'm sorry. I'm not very well behaved. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Chimneys were actually invented in Northern Europe in the eighth, uh, in the eleventh or twelfth century. And uh, do you know that a famous person in America who added much to the invention of the the fireplace in the house? In the no. in the late 1700s, who who was a popular inventor that you can think of during the revolutionary times? Franklin. There you go, Benjamin Franklin. Really, really, I know yes. he's he, he invented you know a hundred different things. Yeah, but my goodness. Yeah, so he he developed a convection chamber for the fireplace that greatly improved the efficiency of fireplaces and wood burning stoves. He also improved the airflow. Mm-hmm. By pulling air from a basement and venting out a longer area at the top, you know he found ways to to make it work even better that you have a fireplace in your house. So that's just that, it. Just baffles me that that's uh, you know our good friend uh, Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just the man who just keeps on giving. Well, that's well right. past well past being gone. Yeah. That's true. Brilliant. Meanwhile, someone else invented golf courses in a subdivision. <laughs> Who's better? <laughs> well, it's it's you know it's 250 years later, 230 years later. So who knows? You know, the, the, it, <laughs> stuff that goes with the times. <laughs> you know, back then you needed you needed to put a a key on a uh, 
you know, on, on a uh, kite in order to uh, deal with the figuring out about electric lightning and electricity. You know, and nowadays you don't need that <laughs> on the golf course. Wow. You just have to know not to walk around with an umbrella on a golf course when it's raining. You know. <laughs> Probably smart. Go full Chevy Chase. <laughs> that's true l let's get back to harry met sally a little bit so Indeed. Uh, sally then uh, sally you know says this to harry and harry responds by saying why are you getting so upset this is not about you yes it is you're a human affront to all women and i am a woman hey i don't feel great about this but i don't hear anyone complaining so first of all, <laughs> first of all, Sally has a great response about the whole thing. I mean, she, she really should get offended by this. I mean, even as a guy, I'm offended by the way that, you know, Harry is talking in this particular scene, by the way that he's, the things that he's saying. Cause I, I don't, we talked about this a little bit last week. I don't believe him when he says that, you know, that he doesn't feel great about it because if you no. don't feel great about something, you wouldn't be doing it. He might he might have residual guilt that follows through, but at this point, I don't think Harry's that evolved. At this point, I think he's getting there. But I think that right now he's only even acknowledged that because Sally has pointed it out. It probably hasn't occurred to him before. Right. And I think that's very common. This is also an older movie, so it's, it's definitely dated and where we are enlightened by these things and not. But this was... A conversation that wasn't something that was would have regularly been had at this time either, especially no. between a man and a woman, which is what makes it so wonderful. It really Correct. does. But Correct. I don't think I don't either. I don't think that it. I don't think that Harry was cruel about it. I just don't think it ever occurred to him. Okay, all right, that's fair. No, but for him to say that 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 you know that he doesn't feel great about it, you know, the, is it because he's saying okay, you know, I felt great at the time. Because, you know, it's a way for me to get sex. But after that, you know, I I felt a little guilty about it. But if that's the case, then why yeah. would he keep doing it? You know, it's like it's. Yeah, he didn't feel guilty enough to stop doing what he exactly. wanted. Exactly. It's like the kid who steals the candy from the candy store. He knows it's kind of wrong and he shouldn't do it. But if he gets away with it 10 times, he's going to try to get away with it 11 times. That is true. And, and no that's, consequences. that's the impression that we get of Harry here. You know, this yeah, is absolutely. Harry. Harry is doing this uh, serially. You know, this is not a, a one-off thing. And also, too, it was in this timeline, too, it was much more accepted male behavior. Not appreciated, Correct. but much right. more socially acceptable for a man to behave this way. But at the time, you know, that's the way people at were looking time. at it. In yeah, that's true. And, and I mean, Sally has a great response because she just says, of course not. You're out the door too fast. <laughs> She's brilliant. She's so brilliant. <laughs> yeah, like, like, how could you even hear anyone complaining? Because, again, he's out the door, and he's not calling these women back later on because they might find out one day that he doesn't have an andire. You know? <laughs> no, no. And you know what's great about it, too? It's, it's, uh, it's also her delivery. I mean, Billy Crystal is one of the funniest men that has ever lived on the planet. I adore Billy Crystal. I have always loved Billy Crystal. And I saw this movie as a child when I probably didn't understand half of what was going on. But Meg Ryan is hilarious. Yes. yes she, she was, especially in this timeline, she was America's sweetheart. Everybody loved her and adored her. But well, no, it was this movie that she, did it. She, she yeah, wasn't America's but, sweetheart before. No, no. And this, and this is why she's not only beautiful, but she is hilarious. 
absolutely hilarious. And she's not afraid to be funny at her own expense either. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right, because throughout most of the movie up until now, she seems somewhat clueless in certain aspects of 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 her discussions. You know, the, yeah. the the fact that she was talking about, you know, that that her 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 biggest sexual fantasy is the fact that you know that that someone's going to come and rip off her dress, and that's it. Yes, you know, it doesn't yes. go any very, anything very beyond that. That's you it. Know. That's it. And she's like perfectly fine with that too. Correct. Yeah, she's like, no, it's great. I'm fine. It's it's. It, but that's how rigid she is. Correct. Now, no, okay, here, I'm, this, I, this, this part so wonderful. <laughs> right. Okay. And I'm, so I'm going to ask you a question uh, because the last two weeks there have also been female guests. You know, Jess was on last week, and the week before that was was Lisa. And we, uh, I discussed this with both of them. So the scene two weeks ago, where the two of them are, are walking through Central Park and they're talking and they're telling their their fantasies or dreams. Okay. So Harry is talking about a dream. He woke up, I guess, more or less from a nightmare. I wouldn't necessarily call it, you know, a, a, I guess you can call it a sexual nightmare of what he had because his mother, you know, is the, is, is the judge, you know, is, is uh, posing as the East German judge, you know, that type of thing. And then he, and then Sally, what she's saying is this is more of, it's not a dream and it's not like a wish or like, what, what is it? You know, is, is, do you think that that's the scenario she uses, um, to make herself feel good, for lack of a better phrase. I really, really like that euphemism. <laughs> but um, that's kind of that's kind of what I was leaning to with it. I queen would say queen of the her castle. Go-to, her go-to <laughs> fantasy. Exactly. Her go-to fantasy uh, to achieve happiness. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because but, because yeah, part yeah, of the whole yeah. thing is is that that Harry's story about you know uh, being in the Olympics or being in the sexual Olympics, you know, is something that that he has no control over. This is a dream. You know, he woke up from this dream. Yeah. Sally basically says that she's able to vary it by changing what she's wearing. Okay. So maybe she's which, just, which, maybe which she just turned on. Personality type too. Right. She just turned on by what she's wearing. That's what that more or less sounds like. Well, it's also the fact that Sally needs to have control of the situation. And she, she, and even if it is a dream, let's just say it is just a dream. Sally would be lucid in her dreams, and it's not surprising to me that she would determine what she was wearing in each one. Okay, and you're, you're able. What you've you've dreamt, and you've been able to to change things in your dream. Oh gosh, I can. I've had lucid dreams since I was a child. I know when I'm in my. I know in my dreams that I'm dreaming. I I have total control over myself ninety percent of the time in my dreams. I. So you're safe from I, Freddy Krueger. Um, I've fought Freddy Krueger many times. Like zombies, no longer if they happen in real life, I'm convinced I'm good to go. Well, okay, um, we zombies, we all know that we all know that you have your you know your your zombie uh, first aid kit or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yes, you know. yes, but 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 in seriousness, I do. I have total total lucidity in my dreams. I have for a long time. I didn't always, but now now that it's been you know 40 years, I've I've got it under control. So yeah, you can control the things that you're doing and not to an extent. There are certain things you can't like. A lot of times you're setting. I can't always change where I'm at, but I can go, okay, I'm dreaming and I don't like it here. This is bad. I'm going to go walk through the store and try and find somewhere else to go. Uh-huh. And sometimes okay. I can wake myself up. I can wake myself up. I have control over what I say and what I'm doing. The situations are, depends. The other the other things going on depends. But for the most part, like last night, I can tell you right now, I, was, I had a nightmare and it was waitressing because I, <laughs> I still have waitressing <laughs> nightmares. And those- Was it in Cats' like, Deli? 
Yeah, I was. I was actually. Was it in Katz's? Was it in Katz's deli, and someone was having an orgasm in the middle? If it was, it wouldn't have been a nightmare, (laughs) Rob. No, but it was (laughs) someone else. I was someone else. And that would have been amusing. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was terrible. I had. I was. I was trying to write down orders, which I never used to do when I waitressed. I could remember it all in my head, but I was too old and I couldn't remember it all anymore. And it was just. It was. It was obnoxious and stupid. So I woke myself up. But but yeah. So. So having having the lucidity and and I would say part of it probably does have to do with people who typically like to have a lot of control over their life and their destiny. I'm one of those people. It does not surprise me that Sally would also. Okay. And Sally being being rigid as she is, and I would say because she's as rigid as she is, that being her fantasy makes total and complete sense to me. It's also hilarious. Correct. Correct. (laughs) No, but it also gives us an impression that she is, uh, I guess you could say, prim and proper. You know that that uh, yes. you know that what what's about to happen over the next few minutes is not something that you would expect to happen with Sally. Bingo, bingo, exactly that. That's that is ninety percent of what makes in the next few seconds happen. So bloody hilarious and great, yes. and also very good. <laughs> yes, correct. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We're you know we're we're building up to it. <laughs> That's how it should be done. <laughs> exactly. Obviously. <laughs> We're not rushing into things. We're taking it <laughs> one step at a time. Um, so then Harry responds, I, I think they have an okay time. Now, this comment, okay time, it, it <laughs> you know. Again, he's, he's not really concerned about them. It's about him. No, but he's but he's right now trying to justify, you know, that he's able to get these women to orgasm. So to say that they have an okay time means that he's either not putting enough effort into it, you know, or as you said, he doesn't care. But but he's trying to justify it. So why use the term okay? You know, you you'd think you would say he would say, I think they have a great time. Well, he essentially kind of comes to that after when he needs to prove himself to her right but but at this point i feel like he's he's actually attempting not to be so braggarty i think he's attempting to avoid specifically saying this because they become friends too and he doesn't want to be too vulgar with her right okay that's fair that's fair so that would be my guess that was my interpretation all right I, i like that interpretation and then sally says to him how do you know and what do you mean? What do you mean? How do I know? I know <laughs> because they and she starts like waving her hand, you know, doing like like uh, circular motions with her hand, which is which is great. It's such a great uh, hand gesture to to you know like and therefore you. She wants him to say it. She's trying to make him say it. That's right. And he goes yes because they and he does the exact same hand gesture which is great you know it's it's such an amazing interpretation because i you know this isn't this isn't like a hand gesture that one would use for having sex or having an orgasm or something like that it's it's she's just using an everyday type of gesture in order to get him as you said to say it you know to and, yeah. but, but but she's still using it as a use that's right that's right and still try and <laughs> use it as somewhat of a euphemism you know mm-hmm so she says, well, how do you know that they really, and once again, she gestures. 
And Harry just looks at her and goes, what are you saying? And then he takes his fist and he says yep. that they fake orgasm. And he, like, I can't say it's a fist pump, but, like, he moves it's his like, fist. Yeah. It's, it's what yeah. he, it's the same gesture that he used on the plane five years earlier when he said to Sally, did we, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So it's, it's how he, he uses it without being, again, too vulgar. He's using it without being too vulgar, but there's two different things here. You know, on the plane, he was talking about, did we have sex? And here yeah. it's it's saying, you know, that they fake orgasm. But he's using the same exact type of hand gesture for both of those things. You know, I, I guess Harry just has the same hand gesture for anything sexually related. You know. Well, I mean, that would not be a big shock. Correct. Correct. I agree. Yeah. And then Sally goes, it's possible... And he goes, get out of here. <laughs> and Sally then says, why? Most women at one time or another have faked it. Well, they haven't faked it with me. Oh, How do you know? Because I know. Oh, right. That's right. I forgot. I forgot. You're, You're a man. A man. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he actually gets offended by that comment and goes, what does that supposed to mean? And then she does a Harry on him because she goes, nothing. That's something that mm -hmm. he loves to do. He loves yep. to bring up a subject and then just change the subject as quickly as possible. Because the second he, it makes him uncomfortable. The second it makes him uncomfortable and the fact that he doesn't necessarily, he wants to get her, he does it in order to get her to, to, to answer, actually. You know, he'll say, yeah. oh, I don't, I don't, okay, don't worry, you don't have to tell me. And then it gives her a reason to want to tell him. So she's trying to use that on him, but it, it doesn't it work as well. It doesn't work as well as when Harry does it. No, no, no. But it 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 does because she follows up well. Correct. But I his reaction to me is not shocking. Um, now again, I I would put this in context of the timeline. I think people are a little bit more educated about this kind of thing now, so it wouldn't be uncommon knowledge for a man to go, "Oh, women fake orgasms." But at this time, heck, I think even in the 90s, there's a Seinfeld episode about it where Not Elaine... Seinfeld, there. Seinfeld hasn't started yet. Seinfeld... No, no, it's in the 90s. I'm saying even by the right. 90s, it's ah, still okay. kind right. of a kind of a, a thing that's taboo to men where they still are like, no way, women don't do that. Right. Well... I remember Kramer they, said that he did also. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I love Seinfeld. Okay, so 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 he's he's him being shocked at this idea. I mean, it's very Harry too, because Harry lives very much so in the reality that he's created for himself and the Correct. bubble that is mm -hmm. is Harry and and Sally does as well. And what they both do is shatter each other's glass ceilings regularly. Correct. Which is why they're so great together. Yes. Yes. You know, and, really and together they bond over it. It's, and they, their worlds melt, and I think it's lovely. But this is, <laughs> she's really, really going to smash the ceiling. Oh, completely. <laughs> and then she says, nothing. It's just that all men are short never happened to them, and that most women at one time or another, and then the minute gets cut off. Yes. You know, and again, I love how they're continuing to talk, and while they're talking, they're continuing to eat. You know, I, I it's didn't... It's very simple. I didn't try to you know, check continuity errors about how many bites each of them took or anything like that. My assumption no. is that, that there are errors there, but it doesn't really matter, you know, because this, this is not about the food. <laughs> no, this is, this is not about the food. 
Yeah. But the, 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 the chemistry between the two of them during this, this, I guess you can call it a mini debate, works really, really well. But Harry, for the first time in this movie, is the one who's clueless. Yes. Yes. You know, yes. This is when the, the tables, tables the, that's right. The tables have turned on Harry up until now. Sally has always been the one who's very clueless about everything. And Harry's the one who always is trying to explain things, especially when talking about relationships or about sex or things like that. Now he's the one who's always trying to educate her. And this scene does the switcheroo, you know, where, and where she's the, doing the dynamics afterwards too. Correct. Mm-hmm. Completely. It does, it does absolutely that. First of all, he sees a side of Sally that he didn't know existed. And secondly, it makes him realize that all of these notions and ideas that he has in his mind about relationships and his reality might not be the way that he perceives them. Correct. But the, the question is, you know, uh, you know, it, does he become a convert after this? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't I think, think so. Exactly. Time. I don't think so. I mean, I mean, he evolves, but no, it doesn't change him. Not yet. Correct. Correct. He's still going to, he's still going to keep acting the way that he acts up until, you know, uh, that he did up until now. Um, so Heather, you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we uh, get into the script? Nope. Nope. I'm good. All right. Great. So the, the script has, has a, a few minor discrepancies, nothing, nothing major, but there, there's some uh, interesting stuff here. So first of all, it says that after she mentions the fireplace, it says that, that Sally is starting to get very irritated right now. It says quite irritated now. And then she says, not that I would know this, you know, because he ran out and stuff like that. And then uh, they actually have the direction in the script that the, both of them make gestures with their hands. It says Sally, oh, okay. it says Sally because they, and then it says, she makes a gesture with her hands. And then Harry, he makes the same gesture back. And then Sally, she makes the same gesture again. It doesn't have Harry making the, you know, the, the fist, fist bump, you know, that, that he did. <laughs> that, that, that must be a uh, Billy Crystal ad lib along the way. I think so. <laughs> you know? And the only other difference is actually a pretty big difference. In the movie, in the last line here, she says that most women at one time or another but in the script, it says, and all women at one time or another. So I guess they realized yeah. they couldn't say all. <laughs> no. Yeah, you can't speak for all women on the planet. No. Nope. No, nope. definitely not. Yeah, that's all I have for, for, for this minute. So every Monday, we have a segment called Meg Ryan Monday, where my guests will give their top five Meg Ryan movies, Meg Ryan performances. So what yes. have you got for us? Okay, my number five, and I've mentioned this movie before. I feel like I have on this show somehow. But I love the movie French Kiss. I think it's adorable. It's one of the few rom-coms that I actually enjoy. I think you and I think you mentioned it as one of your favorite, uh, you know, diehard doppelgangers. Maybe, maybe that was it. I, I feel like I feel, yeah, dead sure. I'm just like, I know I mentioned this recently somehow because it doesn't come up very often. Um, but yeah, it... Maybe, maybe uh, I, I can't remember, but I love French Kiss, and she is absolutely adorable in it, and I, I love it. Uh, my number four is Top Gun. I know it's a small part, but that's when I first discovered her, and she's she's great. She steals the scene in it. I mean, and you've got Tom Cruise being his uttermost Tom Cruise in that yes. movie. Mm -hmm. So I love her in that. Um, 
My number three is Sleepless in Seattle. It's a great movie. She's wonderful. She's adorable. I still feel like I, I should hate that movie, but I don't. It's wonderful. Um, number two is Inner Space. I love Inner Space so <laughs> much. It is a forgotten film that people need to watch and enjoy. Yes. It's lovely. It's great. And then my number one is, is When Harry Met Sally. It's not really a long shot. It's 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 just still such a delightful wonderful film and she is at her absolute best in it yes for sure all right great so thank you very much for that uh you want to tell people how they can get in touch with heather baxendale um yes you can follow me on the interwebs on socials under hb walsh on facebook and instagram for the most part you can find my book on amazon it's called the prophecy part one lost and you can find the podcast, well, Word of Health House, on Rabbit Hole Podcast. All right. And while, you do, streaming service. and while you're doing that, you can go <laughs> re review and subscribe on any podcast you might be using to listen to the show. Finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Your Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. Or you can go directly to my website, moveyourrobminute.com. Come. So, Heather, you feel like coming back tomorrow and continuing to uh, up the ante and see where things are going to go here? Yeah, yeah. I want to see how this ends. Okay. All right. I, I think it – I don't know if it's going to come to any conclusion tomorrow. You know, we'll, 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 we'll hopefully Harry and Sally will uh, work their way towards it. <laughs> so, so Sounds in, great. <laughs> until tomorrow, I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's having, too. Gave me a thrill with all your faults. I love you still, it had to be you, wonderful you, had to be you.